Welcome to Talking Sense. I'm Mark Osorio. And I'm Teresa Arago. We're financial advisors, and if there's one thing we understand, it's that money can be confusing. So get ready, because we're breaking down what you don't know about money today on Talking Sense. Financial independence is a deep desire that I believe every human holds with longing. Yet so few of us have it. Some people seem to obtain it so effortlessly, Mm -hmm. right? And we kind of secretly all feel pretty jealous about those people, (laughs) but there's others of us that seem to pursue it all our lives. And it just seems like this uh, eluding kind of ghost type Mm. figure, right? Um, But ultimately, as we've met with many folks over many years in in these meeting rooms, uh, talking about their finances, one one thing that we have noticed, a trend that we've seen in the folks that we believe are the most successful when it comes to achieving financial independence is that they all seem to have one thing in common, and that is that they understand what it actually means to pay yourself first. One thing that I'd like to address before we get deeper into this, because I love this concept of calling it paying yourself first, mm-hmm. It's not lawyers, doctors that tend to come in with the portfolios that would blow your mind. Mm -hmm. It's linemen and energy. It's the the people that have worked somewhere for years and have just used this basic concept over the long haul, living below their means, giving themselves margin. Like it's not ultra wealthy jobs that tend to come in with these successful stories. Right, exactly. Which I think is encouraging if you're like me and you're kind of an average Joe. It's not that you have to have some high paying job to be successful financially. Yeah. And it's not like we're trying to give you some highly inspirational story here. It's things that we see you know, every day. Mm-hmm. And to just to, again, encourage you that it can be done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, again, what does it mean to pay yourself first at its core? It basically is a savings concept that implies a deliberate lifestyle and there's, I, I believe, three kind of main factors okay. that pertain to this. And that is living below your means, using a spending plan, mm-hmm. and allocating to savings before allocating funds to everything else, right? Just your fund money or just your wants. And I can hear the people collectively going, well, duh. Yeah. But if it were so common, mm-hmm. then it wouldn't be worth mentioning. Right. Um, but I think there's some tips too when when dealing with this. So like the concept of living below your means. What does that really mean? What does that really look like to yeah. those that want to do that? Yeah. I mean, it's again, the you, like you said, it's a simple concept, right? You make X number of dollars, then you're going to live off of, you know, Y number of dollars, which is less than, than that, than uh, the next number of dollars, because you know that you need to put money away for a rainy day, knowing that you uh, you have to think of your future self, not just mm-hmm. present day Mark or present day Teresa. So this really goes against the typical, which is living paycheck to paycheck. I think we've read countless studies mm-hmm. that say that if someone were to miss a single paycheck, they could likely be homeless within a month. Um, a lot of society is choosing to live this way, but we have seen a great shift where more people are choosing to say, you know what? I don't want to spend every dollar I make. And, you know, starting young certainly is probably really easy. For me, I liken this to tithing. Mm -hmm. When I first uh, became an adult and I started tithing for myself, that check was tiny, which I know some of you are going, what are checks? But just work (laughs) with me here, okay? Um, that, That thing was tiny. But as my pay has grown, it's been easier to stick it out with that concept because it's already a habit. Exactly. 
But if you're not young, new, starting out in your adult life, you can still start slowly throttling back on what we would probably call frivolous spending to get yourself where you want to be. Right. Because ultimately, you know, as we meet with folks, that is one of the things that that we constantly have to talk to uh, people about. It's a lot of folks. It's not that they don't make enough money, right? It's not Mm -hmm. like they don't have income. It's that they have over the years just built these habits Right, where they are not very good stewards of what they already make. Mm-hmm. Right. So they get to a point where they see themselves, you know, still living paycheck to paycheck, even though they make twice as much as they did 10 years ago. Yes. I think we call that lifestyle inflation, if you want a fancy word for it. Yeah. Um, but that is true. And, and one way to help yourself on this journey is when you get those raises, don't change everything. Don't mm-hmm. increase your spending up to that um, and reallocate those dollars for other things. Yeah. So this is, again, a, a philosophy that will guide your everyday decisions, because ultimately a financial philosophy should do exactly that. Right. And it's those everyday decisions that then make a huge impact on your long term uh, uh, outcome. And there's a poster I saw once that said discipline is simply choosing between what you want now and what you want most. Um, and mm-hmm. I know discipline is not a fun word for everybody, like that. but that's sure what you're really good. doing here. When you're when you're paying yourself first, you're choosing between what you want now, which may be to go eat David's burgers for lunch or what you want most, which is financial independence. If there's another way to get what you need, which is really just to eat, it may make sense to shift that to something that's more cost effective so that you can still meet the goal you have for later. Right. Yeah. So if you think about it. Your, let's say, financial philosophy is kind of like your constitution, right? Mm -hmm. And then your spending plan would be kind of like your executive branch, right? Mm -hmm. So what is really enforcing, you know, these... uh, Creating the boundaries. Right, exactly. Mm -hmm. And putting the the consequences or, you know, the the limits in place. So again, the... what your spending plan is made to, to do is to guide that everyday decision making, determine the priority of goals, mm-hmm. and like you said, setting boundaries. And if you don't have a spending plan, then that is your philosophy. You're just kind of flying by the seat of your pants, mm-hmm. hoping for the best, and understand we've done this. I am doing this right now. I will say this last few months, we've been crazy busy, so I haven't been as diligent. Um, but that is not going to get you where you want to go long term. You know, short periods of time, fine. Mm-hmm. But if you've got goals and you want to meet them, you've got to be intentional with that. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, a lot of us want to live like millionaires and want to, you know, live these great lifestyles. But one thing that, you know, we don't uh, maybe take account of is the fact that, you know, those people uh, got to where they are, a lot of them, you know, because of these sound principles, mm-hmm. right? So if you think about the, the largest, uh, companies right out there, uh, you know, a lot of them are very successful because those c- companies know how to manage their finances, mm-hmm. right? And they do that through an annual budgeting process, right? That's mm-hmm. their spending plan. And that's what they seek to follow based on, you know, the, the revenue that they forecast, uh, on basically them, trying to operate below what they're going to make for the year. And when you think about spending plans, Mark, is that something that like once you've created it, you're good to go? No, no. So <laughs> again, like these, uh, it's it's a yearly process, right? These companies do it on a, on a yearly process and then they've got monthly processes that they go through, right? I, I uh, managed a $10 million budget for an, an, a company 
uh, prior to this and that it was a monthly process that we went through to reconcile the books to make sure that we were following our budget and if mm-hmm. there wasn't uh, and or if there was an area where we did not uh, where we had a discrepancy you know we had to uh, provide written explanations for what those discrepancies were and right? so yeah it's it's an ongoing basis and the more that you do it the better that you become at it because life changes so your right. spending plan can't be static exactly because i mean think about inflation alone guys this year it, it's going to change things um so what are some practical steps that people can make or take to kind of help them understand how to set their spending plan yeah so uh, here's the thing Whenever I've seen just, again, really successful individuals in this, it's uh, these individuals are constantly trying to lower the that um, living expense, right? We, we just uh, had a, a show that we were talking about their cost of living, right? Mm-hmm. Our cost of living, everybody has kind of a different one and that we're used to. Really successful individuals constantly try to make that cost of living a smaller and a smaller percentage of what they make, mm-hmm. right? Which frees up all their cash to be able to seek out other ventures like starting businesses, right? Or you're buying properties or, you know, saving more money and investing it, right? So that's, uh, that's one practical thing. So, uh, again, they try to keep it, uh, I've seen, folks that live on less than 10% of what they make, mm. right? And then give the 90% of the rest of it away. Uh, uh, this kind of- I would say that's probably an extreme, right? Yeah, it's, it's a bit of an extreme. Norm. It's not, right, it's not the norm. Uh, it's it's something, something that has come to be known as reverse tithing, mm-hmm. right? Got it. Um, so, uh, but for you, I mean, it could be a, a, a goal of trying to live off of less than 50% of what you make, right? So I think that would be a really, really healthy goal. And, or just wherever you start at, wherever you are right now, and just trying to uh, do maybe a 5% cut from where you are now and in implementing that into your spending plan, right? And working towards that every month, knowing that, yeah, there's, uh, it's not gonna be a, you know, a perfect trend line that you budget it and that's how it is. Mm-hmm. But uh, with you making that conscious decision and uh, implementing it again through your spending plan, uh, you you will you will get there. And sometimes a short period of a side hustle can help mm-hmm. get you where you want to go. You know, if you've got something yeah. you need to pay off that you're close to paying off, it might make sense to get a job for a short period of time to go ahead and finish it. And then that way you can go back and, and instead of adding that to the lifestyle, it now becomes the surplus. Right. Yes. So, and again, as, as you do do that more, uh, I mean, there's a lot of uh, places or a lot of things that, that you'll be able to to see just that financial independence start to uh, to really shine through because now you'll have surplus for savings, right? You'll be able to uh, allocate more funds towards your goals, uh, like uh, you know, eliminating debt. Mm-hmm. So you've done these first two things. You've got your spending plan in place. Now you've got surplus money. What do you do next? Yeah. So just based on your goals, right, what you want to do is look at what you would need to do in order to achieve that goal over over a time period, right? So if your goal, for example, is to max out your Roth IRA right, for 2022, uh, if you're under the age of 50, then $6,000 is the maximum that you can contribute mm-hmm. to a Roth IRA. Right. So that can mean, uh, that would mean that you every day or every month you have to contribute $500, right? So if you've got that, that amount, then you put that aside and make sure that you uh, contribute that. And you do this with basically any goal 
that mm-hmm. is important to you, right? So whether that be uh, retirement, traveling, philanthropy, you know, or starting a business, mm-hmm. right? any any project that is important to you, right? You should uh, then make a savings goal to start working towards that. So maybe a first step would be to create the list of goals and right. then prioritize them. Mm-hmm. Then you can put timelines on them because that's key to figuring yes. out how much per month to put in it is you got to know how long, like if your goal is to buy a car for cash, well, how long do you have before you're going to do that? How much is the car going to cost? And then you can come up with a savings plan and imagine the the freedom of being able to pay cash for that thing. Yeah. I can just imagine I'm not at that stage of life yet. I've got, as we've mentioned, too many kids um, <laughs> and it got started a little late. But I, I think that there's a lot of power in being able to walk in somewhere and say, I can write you a check. Yeah. I mean, even now, from where you were 10 years ago, I mean, I'm sure you could uh, tell a huge difference in just mm-hmm. the financial independence that you have now versus back then. Yes. And a lot of it is because of the top of mind awareness. Working mm-hmm. here at Gen Wealth, we talk about financial independence mm-hmm. openly, and it really encourages me to make goals, set goals, and stick to them. Yeah. yeah. And it works because you're putting your goals at the forefront, and uh, this Uh, aligns right your spending habits with those goals most people will put their day-to-day wants before Mm -hmm. their long-term goals which is why i liked that um uh little tidbit that you had about uh, yeah so deciding between what you want now and what you want most right so maybe you need to remind yourself what you want most and even put it somewhere you can see it daily yeah and ultimately it's uh when we decide to put our current wants before our long-term goals, that's the reason why so many of us never experience the joy of financial independence. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Financial independence is certainly achievable. We've seen it. And we want nothing more than for you to experience it too. And it's not too early. It's not too late to get started. Whatever point in your life you're at in your financial journey, you have the opportunity to decide what your financial philosophy is going to be, decide what you want most, and make changes today that will set you up for success in your future. Yeah. So just, uh, I'm kind of curious, a quick question. What what would you say, something that you don't mind sharing is, what is a goal that you're working towards? Uh, and to- yeah, so one of the goals I'm working towards is when I was a single mom for a long time, mm-hmm. I did not have any retirement savings. Mm-hmm. And because our plan originally was my husband was going to work in a job where he would have really good pay. So once he was done with school, I was going to go back to work and we would both kind of hit it hard at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when I started working at Gen Wealth, one of my big goals was to fully fund my retirement plan in mm-hmm. a given year. Now I'm not there yet. I got really close this year and then we had some financial challenges come up. It's yeah. like everything it in my happens. house is breaking. Yeah. But I, I have consistently every year increased my retirement savings yeah, and good. and that has gotten me so stinking close so i'm hoping next year will be the year where i'm able to fully fund and it's increasing all all employer plan by the way your That's your right. max amount that you can put in is increasing next year so i'm hoping next year will be the year that i get to make that yeah. uh, what about for you mark love that uh so for me one of the the biggest goals that, that i've had is uh, to become financially independent through uh, having you know uh, businesses and or you know properties that provide me with all the money that, that I need to live on right that mm-hmm. way I don't even have to depend on you know a, a paycheck mm-hmm. uh, so right now I've got 
a few properties, right, that um, that I own and that I'm receiving some income from, and you know that's that's my goal uh, over time is to have the, the the properties and the income that uh, provide me with that mm-hmm. uh, that income to have the financial independence that, uh, that I'm looking for. So. That's awesome. Yeah, that, that's a little bit of kind of what, what we're striving for. And obviously, you know, every, each one of us has, uh, you know, our goals that, that we're looking for. So uh, I, what I would encourage you to, to think about is I would encourage you to think about, you know, what are the ways in which you're putting your day to day wants and desires before your long term goals? If they're not worth you sacrificing your financial independence, mm-hmm. then make the decision to reclaim your priorities. That's it for us today on Talking Sense. Join us next time to learn what you don't know about money. Thanks for listening to the Talking Sense podcast. And if you like what you hear, make sure to subscribe to the podcast to get all the newest episodes. The GenWealth team is available to you 24-7 at info at getreadyforthefuture.com or call our offices at 866-653-PLAN. That's 866-653-7526. And while we like to have fun here, we're also financial advisors, and that means disclosures. You should personally consult a financial advisor before making any investment, and no strategy can assure success. General Financial Advisors is an Arkansas registered investment advisor with securities offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA SIPC.